Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tennis Express. Please check them out this week by going to EssentialTennis.com slash Express. Thank you very much for joining me on today's episode of the podcast. I really appreciate having you as a listener very much. Really good topic to get to today, talking about managing unforced errors. How do you not get nervous and tight and frustrated when you make mistakes on the court? Really, really good stuff and good mental tennis topic that I'm looking forward to talking about. Real quickly, before we get to that, I just want to say thank you to everybody that I met and, and talked to in Cincinnati over last week when I was there filming the uh, the pros. Several of you came up and said hi to me. Really appreciate that. It was it was great catching up with all of you. And I got some awesome footage at the tournament. You can check that out by going to EssentialTennis.com slash video or just go to EssentialTennis.com and click on video. I've already got a video posted of Nadal hitting backhands from a back perspective in in full speed. And also, uh, he's getting drilled by his coach. And also, a slow motion video of Federer hitting forehands. And I'm going to have a lot more video coming out. So keep your eyes on the video page. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. Both just kind of raw footage of the pros. And also, uh, I'm going to be using that footage to kind of create lessons, showing you all examples using the the pro footage. So looking forward to using that a lot. All right, with that, let's go ahead and get down to business. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's go ahead and get down to business here, get started on today's topic. And I'm going to be kind of killing two birds with one stone here on today's show answering basically the exact same question from two different listeners. First of all, Megan in New Zealand, 4.0 player, she wrote and said, how do you deal with and get over making mistakes and how do you not be afraid of making mistakes? I constantly line up a great shot only only to have this doubt enter my mind at the last minute and I choke. And then we're going to have a a secondary question from her later on in the show as well about um, how to play, how loose or how much risk. Uh, But our main topic today is going to be about this, not worrying about unforced errors. And the other person who brought up this topic was Jesse in the Philippines, also 4.0 player. Jesse wrote and said, one issue I'd like to hear about in your podcast is dealing with unforced errors. I'm a 4.0 player, but I often don't feel like it because I tend to make a lot of mistakes. I know that everyone makes errors, even professionals, but when I start making errors, I start getting conscious of my shots and start being afraid of making errors the more I make, and such that I start hitting to keep the ball in play or playing not to lose. Eventually, I just choke the match away. What mental tips can you suggest to overcome getting too conscious of errors and just be able to have self-confidence again and focus on my game during a match. All right. Jesse and Megan, really, really good topic here. And, you know, there's been many mental toughness podcasts. 
in the Essential Tennis Podcast. And and by the way, if you're a relatively new listener, you need to check those out. Go to EssentialTennis.com slash podcast. And on the right, you'll see categories. Click on Mental Toughness, and there'll be a whole bunch of episodes. This is such an important topic, that mental toughness in general. But I don't, even though we've done so many shows on it, I'm not, I'm pretty sure we haven't done a show specifically on errors and making mistakes. And I've got my outline here split up into three essential things that you need to either be aware of or do during your match in order to, to help keep unforced errors from choking your game away because that absolutely can happen. It's, it's definitely happened to me, and it's happened to anybody that's that's competed at tennis for any length of time. It, and it can be a really kind of smothering feeling, and it's a terrible feeling because it takes you out of your game, and, and it that kind of fearful feeling inside is just really crippling and something that can be extremely frustrating to deal with. So the first of three essentials to dealing with this is something that Jesse basically already brought up, but I, I just want to reiterate, and ju- just for the benefit of everybody listening, and and that is, essential number one is, accept that errors are part of tennis. <laughs> J- Jesse was completely correct. Everybody makes mistakes, even professional players, and yet it seems that so many tennis players, I mean, across the entire spectrum of different levels from total beginner, all the way on up through the very best professional players in the world, it seems that very often tennis players have this attitude. And, you know, they they might not say it. If you go up and ask them, hey, are you expecting to play today's match without making any errors? They would laugh and say, no, of course not. You know, of course, I'm going to make some mistakes. You know, I'm, I'm human. That's just kind of, it's part of the game. There's a reason why there's a there's stats for screwing up, <laughs> you know, unforced errors and uh, forced errors. You know, I mean, they, they even have different types of ways to screw up. So it's obviously just part of the game. And yet, when you watch players, uh, tennis players play, you will very often see people that deep down inside, they seem to have an attitude that they shouldn't ever screw up. Or maybe a certain type of shot. You know, maybe it's a real easy sitter or a weak, you know, short overhead that they're in good position for or a high put away volley. You know, easy shots. When they screw up and miss, they react so negatively that it's, it almost seems like they seem to have expected that they weren't going to make any mistakes that day. And that's, that's something that you need to get over. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, you should welcome mistakes and be totally fine with them. You want to avoid making errors, okay? I mean, that's that's important. I mean, you should strive to make as few mistakes as possible. So I'm not saying that you should be, uh, I guess, cavalier about it and, and not care. But, but on the other hand, you don't want to let it affect you emotionally so much that you start getting nervous and tight, like what both Megan and Jesse were talking about. So it's really important, and this is essential number one, is just understand that it's part of the game. And this is actually a great life lesson in general. And this is part of the reason why I love teaching tennis is is that there are so many parallels between competing at tennis 
and just life <laughs> in general. And, and this is one of them. It, anytime you put yourself out there, there's going to be mistakes, okay? I mean, you're going to make errors. There's going to be things that just don't quite go your way. And really, I mean, what separates the really successful people, both in life and in tennis, is how you react to those mistakes. Uh, you know, how do you, do you make adjustments and do you, do you calmly improve yourself and do your best to improve that part of yourself or that part of your tennis game and then move forwards and be more successful than you were before? Or do you pout, you know, get, get angry, get upset, blame somebody else, make excuses, and, or, or maybe you get really tentative. And again, still talking about life and, and tennis, you know, when you make mistakes in life, do, do you get, uh, do you immediately decide, oh, well, I'm never doing that again. You know, I don't want to make that same mistake. And so you forego something that could be really positive because you're so afraid of continuing to make mistakes. And uh, yeah, I'm getting, getting pretty deep here. <laughs> Uh, but, but you guys get the idea. It, this is just a really important thing to understand, but both about life and about tennis. <laughs> All right. Now that brings us to essential number two in, uh, handling errors, control your reaction as much as possible when you make mistakes. And I've got three different things quickly. I want to talk about having to do with that. And basically it's having to do with different types of responses. There's basically three different types of responses that you can have when you make a mistake. And, you know, in thinking about it, uh, th this probably uh, continues to parallel uh, life, but I'm not, I'm not going to continue with that uh, illustration, but, but you'll get the idea. Um, so number one, here's the best possible response that you can have is positive reinforcement of some kind. So in other words, you know, you, go for a shot, you line it up, you make your swing, and you, you know you just miss. It was totally your bad. It was an unforced error. If at all possible, give yourself some kind of positive you know, affirmation. Yeah, that can be something like, all right, well, I know I made this mistake with my technique. So you can say to yourself, well, all right, next time I'm going to do this technique instead. Okay, or maybe you went for the wrong shot. Maybe it was just the wrong shot selection. So, so maybe you went for a drop shot, just in a dumb, you know, part of a point. You were just off balance behind the baseline, and you try a drop shot. Obviously, not the right play. And so you miss. You make the unforced error. So instead of getting angry at yourself, just give yourself something positive. Say, okay, next time I will play a high defensive shot deep in the middle of the court. That's a positive, you know, just a positive statement. Next time I will do this as opposed to making some kind of negative statement. You know, oh, Ian, you're so stupid. <laughs> why, why in the world would you try that? That was the dumbest play ever. Those would obviously, obviously be negative statements. Give yourself something positive to think about and then totally put it out of your mind. Just move on to the next point. Um, you can also say something like, hey, that was the right, right play. Good try. So maybe you got a, an easy overhead and your opponent is out of position on the ad side. You take a nice, confident, aggressive swing towards the deuce side and you put it into the net. Okay? So it was the right right play, but you just missed the shot. So just say, all right, you know, it was a good attempt, Ian, good try. That was the right play. 
I'm going to do the exact same thing next time. And I kind of skipped ahead. I kind of combined two, two and one there. That was my third one was maybe you go for a passing shot. Your opponent's at the net. You go for a big passing shot down the line and you miss it by just a couple inches wide. Another, another positive thing you can tell yourself is, ah, oh, man, I just missed that. But that was the right shot. I'm definitely going to do that next time. I, I had the opening there. Next time I have that shot lined up, I'm, I'm going to take that same chance because I know I can make that shot. So th- those are all positive, you know, reaffirmations that you can give yourself. And if at all possible, that's really the best way to react to making a mistake. You know, give yourself something positive to think about and then just move on. A second way that you can react to an unforced error, and, and this is if you're in danger of getting negative. And, and, you know, it can be totally natural to get a little bit negative after making a mistake. That's, it's not all bad. It's, it's okay to not be happy about making a mistake. But do your best to just take a deep breath and let it go. Realize that if you allow yourself to get negative, you're going to give up a lot. You know, your your emotional state and your concentration are probably going to suffer. You're probably going to give more hope to your opponent that they have you right where they want you and, and what they're doing is working. So just realize all the different negatives that there are to, to getting angry and to getting emotionally negative, and just take a deep breath and just let it go. And again, just move on to the next point. What's done is done. Just leave it be, and just concentrate, focus, refocus, get back, to, get back to uh, to neutral again, and get prepared for the next point. Uh, another one that I personally like using is just smile and laugh it off when you make a mistake. You know, you're out there to have fun, so just kind of have fun with it. Joke with yourself a little bit. Ah, oh, well. That was the easiest shot ever. You know, it was kind of silly for me to miss that and just kind of, you know, smile and go, ah, well, that was a, that was kind of a dumb mistake and, and just, just laugh about it and move on and and just be done with it. That's it. Uh, You know, kind of have fun with the fact that you're out there competing and you know what? You had an opportunity to put that shot away and yeah, sure. Maybe you missed it, but just realize, Hey, you know what? This is a lot of fun. I'm out here competing. I'm playing a sport that I really enjoy. And just smile and move on to the next point, okay? So that's kind of your your second uh, way of dealing with this. If you're about to get angry and negative, take a deep breath, smile, laugh it off, move on. And then thirdly, and this is, you know, kind of the, the, the option that you should try to avoid, but it's not always possible. If you have to let some steam off, you know, if you have to just blow off some steam a little bit because you're just, you just really got upset or frustrated about missing a certain shot, it's going to happen sometimes to most of us, then just make sure you make it quick. You know, immediately, immediately get back to neutral as quickly as possible, refocus for the next point, and just remind yourself that that, that point is done, it's finished. Yeah, maybe you made a dumb mistake, but that's okay. You need to get ready for the next one. You're going to make dumb mistakes. Remind yourself of that and just let it go. So there's essential number two, uh, control your reaction as much as possible, okay? And thirdly, and this is, this is probably the most important, and, and this really, this third essential really speaks directly to the, um, the topic or the, the reaction of getting nervous and tight and choking. This is really important, a little bit of sports psychology here. It's really important, this is essential number three, that you focus on the process 
of your competition and not the results. Again, focus on the process and not the results. So here's a, here's a few examples of process-related elements that you could focus on. Your strategy. Okay, so the, the, the way, that, the, the um, specific way that you're trying to beat your opponent. Number two, ta- making tactical adjustments. So kind of keeping tabs on your opponents and, uh, you know, keeping tabs on, your, on, on what's happening within the match, what's working and what's not, and then making adjustments accordingly. That would be another good example of a process, part of the process of playing tennis that you can focus on. Number three, keeping tabs on what your opponent's strengths and weaknesses are. Oftentimes, we, we have an idea of what our opponent is good at and bad at going into a match, but that might kind of change and evolve over the course of a match. And so this is really closely connected to making tactical adjustments, but, but it's different. You have to pay close attention to what your opponent is doing, what they're being successful with, what they're not being successful with, kind of as opposed to what you're doing that's being successful and not successful. And you want to make adjustments based on both of those things. That's another example of part of the process. And then uh, a fourth example, having a target for every shot. So, I mean, and I mean a specific target, a, a point on the other side of the court that you are literally trying to hit with each and every shot. So there's just four quick examples of different parts of the process of playing tennis. And that, that's, those are all things that go into the process of, of playing. You know, it's, it's part of the, it's just part of what you're trying to do to win. Those are all good things to focus on. I'm going to get to why in a second. Now, two examples of results-based things that you could focus on are thinking about missing the shot. That's, that's a result. That, that's, that's something that's... Well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I'm not going to get to that yet. Uh, but thinking about missing the shot. And both, I think both Jesse and Megan actually uh, mentioned this specifically, was basically lining up for a shot... And instead of thinking about the process, which is, okay, I know that their backhand is weaker, and so I'm going to set up for this inside-out forehand, or rather this, yeah, inside-out forehand, and I'm going to go back cross-court. I'm going to hit inside-out over to their backhand side, or maybe the target. All right, I I know I'm going to aim here because it fits in with my game plan, with my tactics and my strategy. So I'm going to aim four feet inside each line, and, and... you're not literally thinking these words, but you're, you're visually or consciously picking out that spot. I, I'm not going to say visually because you don't literally want to be looking at the other side of the court. Uh, you should be focusing on the ball, but kind of in your mind's eye, you want to pick out that spot you know, just as an example of having a target and literally just aim for that spot as opposed to thinking about missing the shot. You guys see the difference? There's a big difference. They're kind of the same thing, but... The uh, results-based way of thinking about it just focuses on the what if, you know, if you miss, as opposed to giving your mind something very specific and tangible to focus on, and that takes away all those other distractions that get you tight and nervous, okay? Another results-based example would be uh, being worried about losing. I mean, that's a big one, right? How, How many... Everybody. I mean, the answer is everybody. Every tennis player has played a match where, you know, it's like it could be at any point in the match. It could be the first game of the of the match, 
and you're playing against somebody who maybe you know this person well, you know, you've you never lost to them, you know that you're stronger than they are, but you just have this little worry in the back of your head. What if this time I lose to this person? And then all of a sudden, you know, several games later, maybe all of a sudden they're playing great, better than they've ever played against you before. And this thought keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger in your mind. And, you know, it keeps coming up over and over. What if I lose? What if I lose? And before you know it, you're playing tentative and tight. And this is what people refer to as choking. Or maybe you are playing great and you're beating somebody that you've never beat. You're have you beating somebody that you've never beaten before. You've won the first set. You're up in the second set. And then the same kind of thought, but this is a totally different situation. What if I lose? I, I ha, you know, I'm in total control. Now, what if I lose? That is terrible. That is a terrible thought to have go through your mind. And you know what? It's going to go through your mind, but you need to try to push those thoughts out of your head and refocus on the process. And just real quickly, I'm going to talk about why. Uh, focusing on the process means that you're occupying your mind with what actually matters, the tactics, the strategy, focusing on the what's actually working, what's not working, your opponent's strengths and weaknesses, having a target for every shot. Those are all positive, specific, tangible things that if you focus on them, your chances of playing confident, relaxed tennis are much, much greater. On the other hand, if you focus on the results, you're being caught up with hypothetical, emotional things. And these are thoughts that will get you tight and nervous and totally change the quality of your play. I mean, stuff that will just really choke off your potential to play good and solid tennis. So it's really, really important that you focus on the process. I was watching the uh, the U.S. Open, the the tennis. I'm sorry, the golf U.S. Open at uh, Congressional Country Club this past. Uh, when was it? I guess it was July. Yeah, right around the fourth of July. And uh, Rory McIlroy, uh, who won the tournament after like the second round, had a massive lead on the rest rest of the field. I think I think he was up by something like twelve strokes, like ten or twelve strokes, or something like that. Big big lead. And he had actually been in a major and in that same position previously and totally threw his lead away. I mean, he was in a position where he should never have lost. And on the last day, just melted down, had a terrible round and totally threw away his chance to win his first major tournament. And so, of course, after his second round and with this big lead and with two more rounds to play, the question that everybody was asking, of course, was, well, what are you going to do? I mean, remember remember this other tournament where you just totally blew your lead and, and threw it away? Well, hey, this is the same situation, isn't it? So what are you going to do differently this time? How are you going to keep yourself from throwing the tournament away like you did last time? Can you imagine being asked that question over and over and over again while you're still within the, the tournament that you're playing or was still within the, the competition that you're trying to win. You know, he was given every possible opportunity to let those emotions come into his head and start focusing on the results. The, oh crap, what if I lose? What if I lose again? I mean, he had every opportunity to focus on that. 
and uh, I was I was watching a post round uh, interview, and he was asked that question, and he's he said to the uh, person asking him the question. I'm just going to focus on the process. That's, that's literally what he said. I'm just going to focus on the process. I'm just going to play smart golf. You know, I'm going to pick smart targets, and I, I'm just going to focus on the process of just playing two more good rounds, just two more solid rounds. And I was so impressed by that. Uh, this uh, guy's 22 years old. You know, not not very old yet. Really, just starting off with his uh, professional career, and um, I that just really impressed me is not very often that you see professional athletes um i guess that's smart about the mental side of the game but i thought it was really cool to hear him say that okay um so that's uh, essential number three to keep from letting unforced errors really get you nervous and tight um and that you know the third one is really what's going to keep you from getting nervous the most. But number one and number two are equally as important. Uh, accept that errors are part of the game and control your reaction as much as possible. Lastly, I just want to say that it's a continual process to stay focused on the right things, okay? Don't feel badly if, you know, maybe after hearing this podcast, you go out and you do a great job of focusing on the process in the first set of a match and then your focus and concentration kind of starts to dwindle a little bit. And by the end of the match, you're, you're getting nervous and tight again and starting to think about the results. This takes practice. It takes time to get good at it. Just like, just like technique does. So don't feel badly about that, but, but keep on top of it. It'll definitely be worth your while to focus on it. Okay. And now, uh, lastly, I just have a kind of a secondary question closely related uh, from Megan here in New Zealand. Uh, this question is kind of linked. I'm just wondering about the level of risk assessment you should have in a match, like how freely you should play and how big the risks are that you should be taking. Where do you draw the line between confident, versatile play and just playing reckless? Okay. Uh, I'll give you the answer to that real quickly, Megan. It depends on the match situation and also on who you're playing. But ideally, you want to play freely and loose and relaxed, but without taking big risks. <laughs> so it's kind of taking your part of your question there and, and using that as the definition. Uh, in an ideal situation, you want to play freely and not take any big risks. You don't want to take risks unless it's absolutely necessary. You want to manage your unforced errors and be smart. But on the other side of the coin, be confident and loose and relaxed. There's no need to go for hero shots most of the time. Now, this is easier said than done. Very often, recreational players are only loose when they're just going all out. And you have to kind of find that, that kind of intermediate speed where you're not playing tentative and tight and scared. You're, you're not playing not to lose, but you're also not just going all out and just crushing every single ball. It's in between a speed that's confident and relaxed, but without risking making a whole bunch of mistakes. Now, as I said a second ago, it depends on who you're playing. If, if you're playing against an opponent who is clearly stronger than you are, then you want to play freely and relaxed, but also take risks accordingly. The stronger they are, then the more risks are necessary in order to really have a chance to try to beat them. 
outright. You know, you could always just revert to just playing purely defense and hope they screw up enough to beat you. I'm sorry, uh, hope that they screw up enough that you win. Um, but I mean, to be honest with you, that's not the attitude you want to have over the long haul. You know, eventually you want to be able to beat those people that are better than you, not let them lose to you, right? If you want to keep improving your game. So at some point, you're going to have to raise the level of your game, take a few risks. And if it's somebody that's much better than you, you might have to take a lot of risks. And that's going to, that's going to result in one of two outcomes. Either it'll pay off and, uh, you'll, be you know you'll be timing your strokes well enough and you'll have a good enough day that you make enough of those risky shots to actually win or it could be that when you raise the level of your game and you go for more risks you do make more errors and you lose you end up losing the match anyway but i mean truthfully i mean for me i would rather go go down swinging and you know giving myself a shot to maybe beat this person who i know is better than me than play tentatively and have them, you know, impose their will upon me and just, you know, take over the match and beat me. It's kind of a little bit of personality in there, a little bit of personal preference. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not a good idea to just play just steady, consistent tennis and hope that they screw up. That can be, that can be successful. But again, the reason why I personally prefer that you would play confidently and go for the shots that are necessary to win. I like that better because over the long haul, that's it's going to help you improve the level of your play. Um, because eventually you're going to need those extra weapons. You're going to need that little bit more offense in order to continue beating better and better and better players as you continue advancing in your game. Now, the last, again, depends on the situation. So uh, firstly, I talked about ideal. Play freely, but without taking big risks. Again, somebody stronger than you. Also, play freely and loose, but take risks accordingly based on exactly how good they are. And then the third situation I have here is on and off day. Okay? On and off day. There's going to be days. We we all have this. This is just, again, part of life. This This is part of tennis. You will have some off days. And, and when that happens, don't be a dummy and go for the high-risk shots over and over and over again at least. Uh, I mean, accept the fact that you're having a bit of an off day and just play smart, consistent, high-percentage tennis, okay? It's, a, it's a really important to be self-aware and know what kind of day you're having. If you're having a good day or even an average day and you're playing somebody better than you, I, I really i am an advocate of raising your your risk level a little bit you know and just go for your shots that are needed to win if if you're playing somebody better than you and you know you're having an off day and you're just you know those higher risk shots are just not falling in play at all then give yourself you know some chance of winning and dial it back play a higher percentage and you know hope that they make mistakes and, and hopefully you can come out on top that way it's not, you know, the ideal way, but you ha- again, you have to be a realist sometimes and realize that that's your only chance on this particular day. All right. That's the end of my outline. Thank you so much, Megan and Jesse, for submitting your, submitting your questions. Really, really good topics. Great stuff. Thank you both for being listeners. Uh, Megan in New Zealand and Jesse in the Philippines. I always think it's so cool to have international 
listeners. Thank you guys very much for being listeners of the show. And uh, hopefully my, my answers here were helpful. If, if you need any further help, definitely let me know. You can uh, always shoot me an email to ian at essentialtennis.com. All right. That does it for episode number 184 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. just want to read a, a quick comment from episode number 183, which was all about serve and volley. Hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. This comment came from Asanuma, who said, Wonderful episode. I realized that I make all three of the most common errors when serving and volleying, not at the same point, but making all three. I am now watching Monfils serving and volleying and returning and volleying against Djokovic with great success. I am very impressed to see that. I agree. I, I, I watched that match on replay because I heard that Monfils was serving and volleying and coming into the net a lot. And that, that always makes me excited when I hear that a pro is using that tactic. It's too bad that he kind of chickened out in the latter portion of the, the, the match and started going back to just baseline rallies with Djokovic, which obviously Djokovic is the best player in the world on the baseline at the moment. And yeah, it was a really entertaining match. I love to see Monfils uh, just charge in there. Well, not not charge in. It's not that he was reckless about it. He was very smart about when he moved forwards and played a lot of really, really high-quality volleys. So yeah, uh, if you have any questions or comments, suggestions, whatever, about today's episode, number 184, about unforced errors, definitely let me know by going to essentialtennis.com slash podcast. Click on number 184 and leave your comments below the episode and I'll read and reply to as many as possible. I I try to get to all of them and I'll, I'll probably read one or two of the comments and questions at the end of next week's show as well. So with that, thank you all very much for listening. Appreciate it. Take care and good luck with your tennis.